Hello, and welcome to Vacation Station, hosted by Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigPlanMagazines.com. And owner of Norfolk Tours in England. Now you can go to his website, norfolk-tours.co.uk. Um, and there's a UK on there because he will take you anywhere around the UK. And he's going to prove that today, talking about visiting Wales, which he recently had a nice little vacation out there. And his article is up on blendradioandtv.com. But the link is in the show notes, as is his website. So it's all easy to access wherever you're watching or listening from. Um, but honestly, looking at the, the the photos and reading his article, it seems that this was an immersive nature and history experience. And Glenn yeah. got some more castles in and some exercise doing a lot of steps. How many steps? Did you have one of those things, Glenn, telling you I've done 10,000 steps? Because No, no. My, my children both have them. Well, I say children, they're in their 30s. But, you know, they've always got, well, we've done our 10,000 steps. I, I don't... I. I know I've done enough steps when my leg aches. Then I know I've done enough <laughs> steps. We well, what about? Yeah, and the castle. Which one? I can't pronounce where you were. I can't pronounce anything in your article. But what was the castle <laughs> that you were doing um, all these steps? Well, the, the the castle that had most steps was at Carnarvon, um, because it had I think it had about nine different towers, and each of the towers had their own steps. So we had to go up and down, up and down, up and down. And to get to the top of the castle, you had to go around lots and lots of these spiral staircases. And they are very, very narrow. And um, yeah. yeah, it's worth it in the end because you get lovely views. Mm -hmm. But going up and down spiral staircases is is quite quite exhausting. In it fact, is. most of by the, by the end of it, Diane would say, well, go up to the top of that turret and take a photo of me down here. So there'd be, there'd be Diane at the bottom and I'd be at the top taking a oh, Nice excuse, right? Yeah. <laughs> Nancy's yeah. always doing, hey, look at these lovely flowers down here. I want to yeah. go look at the garden, <laughs> you know. Well, doing these these castles, um, and you're talking about a little bit about this in your article. I, I We've been to Wales when we lived there. So this was in the early 80s. And... I remember going to Wales and, you know, it's beautiful, just like Scotland kind of both took our breath away. Like it was just, you know, amazing. Yeah. But there was always some tie back to England. So can we kind of step back in time and look at how England, Scotland and Wales at one time, they kind of were connected in, in, in royal families and families, right? Or am I really wrong? <laughs> well, um, Scotland less so because Scotland was completely separate up until 1602, 1603, when James I of England was also James VI of Scotland. So he he combined oh. the two. Um, so although England and Scotland are together, um, originally they were sort of completely separate, sort of run okay. on separate lines. Um, but Wales has... As Wales is a separate country, but it hasn't been separate as recently as that. Wales is is much much older um, because Wales is is it's its own country and it's got its own language, um, a completely yeah. different language. I mean, Scotland's got its own accent, which is a really different accent to England, but Wales has actually got its own language. 
So all of the all of the street signs in Wales are in Welsh and English. And then all of the all of everything, everything you go to, the same as in Canada, where everything is in French and English. You know, mm -hmm. in Wales, you've got Welsh and English. And that's why most of the words of the places that I went to are not ones that you can easily pronounce because they're not written in English. They're written in Welsh. So Carnarvon, we call it Carnarvon with a V. The Welsh call it Carnarvon with an F. Uh, the place that we were staying at was called Penman, Penman Mawa, which is a bit of a mouthful. So that's uh, a town or is it like a village? Um, it's a it's a very small town, right right on the side of the sea. It was over our our um, bed and breakfast was actually overlooking the Anglesey Island, which is behind you. Um, so that was gorgeous. Um, for instance, house. the 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 tallest mountain in Wales we call it Snowdon, Mount Snowdon, but the Welsh call it um, um, Weir Widfa something like that which is a, com a completely different language you know there is there is no hmm. i in with english and welsh there's a completely different language you know wow so that's interesting wow. even though we're in the same country where uh, there's a completely different way of life and language you know it's it's, it's quite amazing you know you can go into yeah. enough we were walking down the street in conway and Diane said to me, I've just heard Welsh being spoken, you know, naturally. And there were just a couple of blokes sitting outside a pub having a pint. And they were just chatting away in this language that we had no idea what they were talking about because it was Welsh, you know. So it, it is so, amazing. So that's, you know, incredible to me because, you know, you just think, oh, it's all going to be the same. It's like you go to France, they're speaking French, right? Yeah. So Europe has a gazillion languages and different places and things have shifted borders over time with wars yeah. and, and things like that. But I mean, you've even got Ireland and Northern Ireland all connected, the Isle of Man, the Isle of Wight, yeah. uh, the Channel Islands. And so all of this is connected in history to me in some way, because you're all this, you're unified by geography in a way, even if you're separate islands. Yes. Uh, and not Scotland and Wales, but Isle of Man and all of that. But yes. Ireland in some ways connected too, in a way though, but they have their own. I mean, sometimes you can't understand them either, you know, and, uh, and yeah, I, I love that personally. I love it when everybody has a different sound, you know? Yeah. I mean, Ireland has got their own language as well. I mean, a lot of it is more to do with the, um, the Gaelic language and the Celtic mm -hmm. languages. So, I mean, um, they do say that Cornwall uh, Brittany and Wales and Ireland are very similar in lots of ways because you know they are sort of more of a of a Celtic language. Okay. But um, as I say, there there is absolutely nothing that I can make sense of in Welsh. You know, where okay. I mean, in French, in French, the word for table in French written down is exactly the same as it is in English. You mm. know, but. But we we say table, they say table, you know. Oh, well. So so there yeah. is is the the diff, the the same. It's interesting to me because even in Afrikaans, table is toffle. So it's yeah. still got this weird, you know. It's we kind of um, we've I think all like through exploration, 
had yes. these different languages that merged together. That's yeah. what I was saying. People didn't stay in their own little square for very long, no. you know, and that's cool. I mean, it caused wars and destruction and all of that. But at the same time, I'm like, can we just have no country lines, no passport issues? Let's just all travel around merrily. That's, yeah. you know, rose-colored glasses. But um, I mean, that's that's what we did. We we just went over the border. There is there is no checkpoint to go to Wales. For anyone, even no. while... No, 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 no. That's, it's, oh, it's, wow. Once, once you're in England, you can go to Wales. There, there's just a sign that say Wales, and that's it. You know, there, there is no no border. Apart from when you go over the border into Wales, you then realise that all of the signs are in Welsh, you know, as well as English. So it's, you know, it's it's fascinating. But like wow. I said, there, there, there is nothing in Welsh that is similar to English. You know, it's, wow. it's, but I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that as it's a Celtic language, it predates the Romans. So, mm. so you've got English, Ooh. English and French are, are, are all got Roman base, haven't they? Mm. So the, the Welsh is more ancient. The Welsh language is more ancient than Roman. Wow. That's amazing. So therefore it's, a, it's got a completely different root. You know, it hasn't mm. got... A, hasn't got a latin root to it well what about the food does the food change at all because of their ancient roots compared to i mean I'm, i know you're going to have scones and things i remember going there and um going into this little charming restaurant and they still they gave me a glass of orange juice and they had little bitsies in it and um i didn't do well with bitsies as a young kid so let's just leave it at that and that's another story for another time but I remember them having this beautiful basket of meringues and, you know, kind of like what you would have with tea, you know. Yeah. But it yeah, wasn't yeah. the same. It wasn't really the cucumber sandwiches. As Maybe it's just my memory of being a kid right. and seeing all the sweets. But it was like a lot of meringues. And even when we left, they, they went and took, and I was going to say, in a serviette. Ooh, I'm remembering my English here. Uh, wrapped it up as a, as a little sweet treasure for me when we left because yeah. I didn't do well with the bitsies and the orange juice. And um, they were just, uh, I have to say, the most hospitable and kind people in that restaurant. But mm. it was so charming. Everything was so beautiful and lush and green and natural. And I mean, you really, I remember as a kid knowing we were somewhere different, just the same as crossing into Scotland. Yes. You know, I mean, the, the people, I mean, we, we met lots of lovely, friendly people. They were very, very friendly. Um, but I can't remember there being any specific different foods where we mm. were, but we were in an area that had a lot of tourists. So okay. obviously, probably they cater for the tourism market rather than mm. the, the, the local market. Um mm. And we didn't actually get to a market. I love to go to a, a local market when I go anywhere, um, mm. but we didn't get in a town when it was market day, sadly. But I mean, obviously. Oh, and oh, wait, wait! I got to back up. Market is like our farmers' market here. So, yeah. and some people call going to the market is like going to the grocery shop here. Oh no, no, no! I mean, an outdoor market where yeah. where all the all the local things go to. You know, your local your local butchers and bakers and vegetable people and you know all of those sort of people would go to a local market to sell local goods um, mm. and sadly we weren't in an area where there was a, a, a market on the days we were there mm. but what you can see behind you 
is the sea. So there is a lot of really lovely fresh fish. So okay. that, is, that is a good thing about, you know, well, it's a good thing about England and Wales and Scotland anyway, because we're never far from the sea. I mm. mean, one thing that really brought it home to me was the fact that I, I live on the east coast of England and we went right across the entire country and through Wales to the west coast of the British Isles. And it only takes five hours to drive. <laughs> it's amazing, so the isn't entire, it? The entire country of England and Wales is five hours to drive across. So wow. that really does put into context how easy it is to get around the British Isles. You know, even yeah. if I wanted to go to the north of Scotland, I could I could do that in a couple of days. So so somebody could say, you know, I want to go rent a car and do a month in yeah. the, the British Isles, right? Would you help them, like if they want to have their own experience, but would you help them just even map, plot out what they're doing to give them some local insight, yeah. maybe meet them at yeah. certain points, or if they're wanting to hike it, like the whole coastline or something yeah, crazy, I have that done would that. be cool. Yeah, I've done that for people who have just contacted me and said, can you give me some suggestions about how I get to such a place mm -hmm. or such a place? And and also recommendations about where to stay and how to mm -hmm. find good places and how to avoid the, you know, not so good places. So, yeah, I mean, helping people, you know, in my country is is what I do. You know, it's it's mm. it's just, you know, at the end of the day, obviously, I want to get customers. But what I really want is I want people to enjoy the real England and Wales and Scotland and Ireland. And England and the English hospitality that, want, and the yeah, people. Exactly. I want, to, I want them yeah. to see the, the real country. I don't want them to – well, yeah, they can go to London, obviously. But if you go to London, like any other capital, it's going to be like any other capital. Apart from, obviously, you've got the Tower of London and Buckingham Palace and – Actually, it's very, very international. If you want to see a real country, you've got to go to the places like as behind me and behind mm -hmm. you where you're in the middle of the countryside and you're mixing with local people or speaking a local language. or in Well, local yeah, I, I just had that experience. Um, well, where we are now, where we're recording from, we're up in the Appalachian region of America, right? right? And now the Appalachian region is spans more than five hours. Okay, so this is we're part of the Smoky <laughs> Mountain Range, the Blue Mountains, wow. right? The Blue Ridge Mountains, um, part of I the Appalachian that. I Trail. That. I must, I must interrupt. That was one of my favorite songs from Laurel and Hardy. You know, the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. Oh, they see exactly, and we've got different states that are all connected: Tennessee, oh, wow. North Carolina, Virginia. You know, all connected in this. You know topography that is amazing and right now we're really um we're outside a town called burnsville and it's a small little mountain town they call it and but we're out in the countryside in the national forest the pisgah national forest so we've been seeing deer every day um lots of frogs and birds um fungus mushrooms now everybody knows i'm addicted to mushrooms not eating them and doing weird stuff or smoking them anything like that i just <laughs> I'm in love with their formations and colors and the, just the magic of them. 
Yeah. Um, not that magic, but um, but there's this thing, and so when you drive around, you're seeing the his like this whole region has these, and we need to do a show connecting back to you know because Irish history is huge, Scottish yes. history is here, it's very huge, and they have these little coves named after these ancient families that have been here. So yeah. I think Appalachian music, a lot of it also came back from you, where you've been traveling through. Wales, yep. England, Ireland, Scotland, it's all connected in some way here. And these people came out and settled in the middle of nowhere in these forests that the humidity and heat is not what you had in England, but some of the forest stuff is, like mushrooms and being able to make moonshine, I suppose, was part of it. And this is the area where moonshine came from. And, right. um, well, the whole country did it, but it was. this is where the bootleggers were in North Carolina, and that's how okay. we have NASCAR racing came from the bootleggers back in the day running moonshine across state lines. Right. So anyway, going back to what you were saying, it, it was my point is you go out and you start meeting people and some of them have these, you know, giant old barns. Some of them are dilapidated. Some of them are really ancient families whose roads are named after ancestry. Um, you go into the store. I went into a new store and, and everyone talks to you. And I, yeah. and I was talking to the guy and he was having a hard time because I bought some wine and he wanted to know my um, birthday. So I gave it to him and I could tell he was having a hard time inputting it into the computer. And he's a young guy. And I said, oh, do you need me to give it again? He goes, no, I'm just really slow at doing math. And I said, well, how can I help you? He's like, no, no. And then he goes, the way this machine, the till, is it a till in this country now? See, I've gone English. Uh, register, cash register, is backward in how it does the year before the day. And I All said, right. well, then it must be English. He's like, really? And I said, oh, no. I said, well, I really appreciate you, you know, asking my birthday, you know, because, you know, I'm really about to hit a big mark in the next year or so, and, and this is making me feel fantastic. So I was just making him laugh because he, he got all nervous, you know. He's a young bloke. And he's, I, he said, yeah, he says, well, I've never had wine before. And I said, well, don't start. I said, it's all good in friends and family, but you don't need to, you know. He goes, no, he says, I've never thought of it doing it. He says, and I'm only 17 anyway. So I said, you're 17. I said, oh, I said, are you still in school at this time? Or is this the age group that you, because I left early at 17. He goes, no, I'm behind, ma'am. I said, oh, okay. And he said, no, it's because he says, quite honestly, I have a hard time learning. I don't understand the accents here. He says, for example, they could either say, if they're going to use the word fire, it's fire or fire, and it's the accents. And he says, so I take a long time in school to understand what people are saying. And I mm -hmm. said, well, you know, it just takes time. And I got in trouble in England. I was in trouble in school all the time for yeah. I myself, and I wrote myself instead of myself, you know, in spelling. So I said, it takes time. We just had this communication. And I walked out thinking, wow, this is some interesting dialogue of a region where a child is not understanding their own accent. And he has that accent. Mm. What was that? You know, and, and, and having slowing down to have a conversation where in most day and age, people are so uppity and mean and rude to the person at the end. They didn't have any self-checkouts, by the way. Oh, thank God for that. I know. And we had a conversation and I Isn't made him feel lovely? better about himself and just keep growing. Yeah. And he made me have a chuckle. 
and realize I went through the same thing as a kid of understanding. Yeah. And I said, yeah. well, don't feel bad. I said, everyone has a new way as their way of learning and, and education systems are having to learn like each student has a different way of taking it in. And it's kind of a new thing for people to learn. So don't feel bad. I didn't want him to yeah. feel bad. I mean, it, it is it is all about meeting locals, forming relationships with real people and, you know, just being part of wherever you are. And that is that is what travel should be all about. I mean, what is the good? I mean, I see it so often. People, you know, go on a on a, a whatever, a, an organized trip and they get on a bus with all the people who are staying at their hotel they get bussed to a travel place, you know, a, an attraction. They all get off the bus. They look around the attraction for half an hour. They then get back on the bus again and go back to their hotel. They haven't actually seen anything of the real country or real place. Mm -hmm. All they've seen is the hotel, which is probably one of those spit and cardboard hotels. They've uh -oh. gone to a tourist attraction and then they've come back to the spit and cardboard hotel. It's not. It's not what what they need to be. They need to be out there and experience yeah. where they yeah. are. You know, in my opinion, you know. That's, yeah, and you went that's over. You like. went over. You did the big drive of five hours, right? But didn't it feel good to know that you're going on an adventure? I always say that if you're going to travel somewhere, five hours is one of those perfect four to five to six up to eight um, yeah. hours makes you feel like you've you've gone further enough away from your house that you're somewhere completely new. And, we and were. it's not, it, yeah, you were, and you were in a different country on the other side of it. And yeah. going to Wales, um, so there's there's a familiarity, but not. And going back to the history, you mentioned some English royalty that was there. And I, I remember that doesn't, didn't Princess Diana have roots in Wales? And I always kept going, well, how does this all work? Or am I messing it up? Yeah, um, Prince, Prince William and, and Kate, um, they used to live on Anglesey, which is the island behind you. Um, where because the puffins was, are. Yeah, well, no, not on that island, on, on the main island. Because where you... Where, oh, okay. If you, if you were sitting on the floor where you are there, you're actually on Anglesey. Behind your head is Puffin Island, which well, is a I'm little... I'm telling little you, the, the floor is a little rough. My butt hurts. Yeah, it would <laughs> it's be. a little jaggedy And it, and it, would, be, it would be quite <laughs> wet as well because there was a lot of spray okay. on in that oh. area. Anyway, um, Prince William actually served in the RAF helicopters that were based on Anglesey. So he he lived he lived in in Angle on Anglesey at one point. Um, but you know, it is it is it's the same country, but it's an area. Funnily enough, it's an area that I've never been to before. You mm -hmm. know, I'm I'm sixty four. And I've never been to Wales. What did, but did you England. feel? What did it feel like? I know you you studied in France. You worked in France. You know. Yeah, yeah. So now, what's it like going to a new country so close to you and experiencing it like with fresh eyes? Uh, oh, you know, it, I, I, I want to go back. You know, mm. it really is such a beautiful area, and it's got so much so much history, and the castles that we went to see are so well preserved. You know that they've all they've all got insides. I mean, a lot of our castles were completely demolished, so there's just ruins. You know, a lot of the Welsh castles are actually still 
buildings, you know, like Carnarvon Castle, as you can see from the pictures. There are obviously there are ruins, mm -hmm. but a lot of the rooms are still rooms that you can actually go into. Wow. And, and they were built, they were built by Edward the First. You know, you're mm. talking about the twelve hundreds, you know. That's a it's a long while ago, you know, it's mm -hmm. what eight hundred years ago. And so yeah. they have these castles and the moats and everything, and so they had to be prepared for wars and attacks. Who well, would the be thing, yeah. The, a lot of this, you see, was to for the English who were then taking over Wales. So it was to protect the English from the Welsh. So these castles were built by English kings who were coming to Wales to take over Wales. So that's why there are so many castles. That's where I'm getting all muddled up. Okay. Okay. Now I'm, the English built castles in Wales in a different country to protect themselves from the people that they want to attack. Exactly. And oh also along, along, the, <laughs> along the border, along the border between England and Wales, there are a load of castles as well because there were always people in Wales and people in England who were trying to fight each other because obviously mm. the English want to take over Wales and the Welsh wanted to tell them to go away. Mm. So obviously they're building castles to try and protect their own borders. Yeah. So when so when you talk about these really massive castles with yes. um, these towers that go, you know, you have to go up and down. So when it comes to staff, and even the army, right? Because I remember there was always people up at the top where yep. there were little holes to put your arrows and stuff That's like right. that, right? Yep. Up at the top. That you couldn't have one person running from one side of the castle back and forth because that doesn't make I mean, they did, but not like you had to have basically people in different parts of the castle that maintained that part of the castle, right? So that's a... But, but there weren't even servants, really, were they? Or are they... Oh, slaves yeah. or well yeah you had you you had um the army the army would be based within the castle but you would also have servants and just generally people who would be looking after the people who lived there but there was a way to communicate all the way around the castle because at the top of the wall you could actually walk all the way around but okay. if you wanted cuz you know you've got all these great big towers so if you want to look at each tower, you've got to go up and down these stairs. So although you can, if you wanted to just walk around the wall, you could. Oh. But if you, to look, if you wanted to look at each tower, you had to go up and down all these spiral staircases to get into each of the rooms within each of the towers. That's what I was saying. So if someone stayed in that one spiral, right? So you have rooms on that. They're the ones maintaining that that section. So like the yeah. army, like... Your, that's your position. You're gonna yep. one person sleeps downstairs, the other one goes up to hold guard, right? Yeah, and then then it, you could communicate with the others by walking around the top of the wall, and wow. you know the the king and the queen and their entourage would have their own tower, and that would be looked after by their by their servants. Yeah. Um, and then in within the castle, there would be you know kitchens. A, a massive hall where they would eat. Um, mm -hmm. Then there would be, obviously, there'd be a well because the most important thing in a castle is is the well because you need water. Um, you know, there'd be everything you need. What about going to the bathroom? 
Yes, there would be, and there were actually. I mean, some... where did plumbing come in? I mean, because no, plumbing no, no, was not, not talk... the same. No, no, yeah, no, no we're we... not talking plumbing. We're mm -hmm. talking about a hole in the wall that would, if you used it, it would go that straight hole. down outside the castle. Into the moat? Um, into the moat or on top of people who were standing at the bottom of the chute. <laughs> oh, no, that's kind of funny. That's yeah, exactly. kind of funny. Oh, like I, I, must you... tell you, I must tell you this story. Um, at Norwich Castle, there is a, a, a part of the wall which has got the chutes that come down from the, the royal toilets that were up there. And we, we're always, oh you know, gosh. I take a group of children there. I always talk to them about different things. And with children, obviously, toilets are the funniest thing. And, you know, and there's always one or two children who who are a little bit unruly. So I normally get them to go and stand near the wall and then we have a discussion about toilets and then we have a laugh to think that that's where the toilet's emptied out, you know. So this Empty is where the, the term the poop shoot actually comes from. <laughs> it could well be. I yeah. swear. I mean, I always said who came up with the word shoot, you know, and it, it's funny, but now it's now it's in my now I have a whole visual that I don't need to have. But thank you. But but. But I mean, if you think about that, I mean, that, that was medieval times. I always thought about how slop would end up in the streets and people were yeah. walking over it and the moats, moats couldn't have been that. I mean, they had to keep the moats. They, they filled them with water, right? The moat was a, another Not necessarily. form. Oh. The, moat, the moat was a form of defense, mm -hmm. but you didn't necessarily have it filled with water because the, the, the castle would be on a hill, mm -hmm. which is called a mot. And then you got the moat. Um, let's try and do it right. So you got the moat like that, and the castle mm -hmm. like that. So if you went into the moat, you'd have to climb up a very steep hill. Mm. That that is really what the moat was. Sometimes they were full of water, and sometimes they weren't. But you know, okay. you try climbing up a hill like that when you've got people throwing things at you. It's not easy. Yeah. No, you know, especially I, if I it's mean, I. Yeah, I have a I have a little dog taking me up and down hills in the Appalachian Mountains, and and all I'm telling you is, Lucy, stop it! Like I'm gonna, you're gonna have to drag me just now, and and it, I, I mean, I even hear cars trying to make it up. Uh -uh. Yes, it's but you it's see this steep. this is this is one of the things that I always like to do with people who come and visit is for them to actually see what they're what they've read about. Because until you actually see what a Morton Bailey castle looks like, or until you actually see a castle from the 13th century, you haven't really got an idea of the scale, of the the, the building material, of the of the style of everything. You know, I've told you that you had to go up and down these spiral staircases, but until you've actually climbed a spiral staircase. You haven't really got an idea about what it's like. So mm -hmm. that's why an experience like that is so important because it then puts it all into context. You know, it's a bit like, like, you know, you're telling me that where you are, um, you know, is really hot and sticky and, you know, they've got lots of mushrooms, but I don't have that much hot and sticky weather here. So I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like living in a jungle. I've never lived in a jungle. Well, it's not quite jungly, but it's it's weird because it does cool down in the evenings. 
So yeah. it's got this warm, and then it's got in because we get this. Um, they call it the Smoky Mountains because it looks like smoke coming through in the mornings. So then eventually it lifts off, and it gives. It's almost like a half rainforest. So this fog comes in, right? And you can walk and under the trees, and it sounds like it's raining, and there's drops coming down, but it's not raining. It's all the fog coming off, and so that's why all the mushrooms come up. And then by noon, right, yeah, cool. it heats up. So you've got this really, and sometimes it's not as hot and sometimes it goes dry and you go, you know what? I want the moist because I want the mushrooms, but, <laughs> but, but it's really a very interesting climate here with that because you can go in the forest and cool right down. There's creeks and streams and right. moss growing everywhere. And lovely. I mean, there's butterflies everywhere. There's, I mean, it's like a little magic land. And so when I was thinking about, you know, people from Ireland and Scotland and coming over here, moving here, I could see where they could, They there's a resemblance to England for me in some of this countryside. Maybe yes. not, it would be like a really hot Indian summer in England, you know, um, but because there's things growing, berries and, and all of that, it's, I think it's really quite magical. And I think it has some resemblances to your, general greater vicinity let's put it that way of all of yeah. the uk and, but until you experience something you haven't really got an idea of what it's like no but i read it, books about this area for years yeah in fact a, a gentleman um peter jenkins when he hiked the appalachian trail and he's hiked um africa he's hiked all these places just get on the you know and he was in this area and he was like no i'm gonna learn and he trained out with his dog and this was in the early 70s and I've read all his books as you know growing up and I always wanted to come here because of his writing and then you're here and you're like you know he's one of the best writers to me and photographers and it's still it pales in comparison to being here it, there's nothing like it and exactly. to have an immersive experience and be around being able to talk to people about it like the place where yeah. we are they're, they're, they're very pro animals they have wildlife cams and there's a bear running around out here which you can hear and i do haul with the dog because we're walking we hear this kaboom and we're like run the bear's coming <laughs> you know but, run. And, and and we're oh, oh we, we had enough space to do it and i was like this is this is the joy of life is having these true experiences and exactly and seeing the locals live very um there's a place in smoky mountains national park you go up a hill there's a whole little, and I mean whole, community that lives within the park that has been there before the park became a park that has just gone from generation to generation with a yeah. chapel, with houses, with a little mini library. And you're like, how did it's Cades Cove? How did this happen? So then you want to research people. There's um, cemeteries within these mountains, private and then bigger ones and so I think it's very connected to what you have going on in your region in that the ancestry, but like you're saying, going somewhere and really connecting with people's roots is you can't beat it. It's really no, amazing. I think, I think that, you know, as it's always that you get the feeling of a place and you, you can't, you can't read about it. You can't see it on a film. You can't see it in photos. You can't hear it in the music. You've got to actually be there and feel mm. it. And you're part of it, you know, and you, you can experience it. I mean, 
walking up a, a spiral staircase in a castle you know you've got the smell you've mm. got you've got the feel of the stone you've got the feel of the steps with under your feet you know you've you've got you've got so many of your senses being bombarded with mm. stuff you know and that is what all these sorts of things are all about it's all about experiencing a real a real complete feeling of being somewhere and mm. you know we 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 went to wales for the week and you know it, the amount of different things that we we experienced in wales you know we we just want to go back it's mm. just lovely and, and what about the road trip there what about the road trip there and going through parts of england and other parts of wales that you hadn't been to to get to your yeah, destination I mean, we, we obviously stopped off a, a few times especially at our age um but actually we stopped off on the way back at another place which i'm going to write about for another article which is a, a living museum and that that is amazing because it is in one of the early parts of england that were the sort of the formation of the iron trade and oh. it is it's absolutely amazing you know and they've they've got a they've got a victorian village or a small victorian town that has been recreated in this area so you've got cart horses you've got people in the shops you know you've you've got you've got everything going on as it would have been about 1900 you know so it's a it's that's an one of the best ways to understand that is oh, one of the yeah. best ways especially for kids you know yeah, and, and for children of 64 as well <laughs> when i'm 64 <laughs> yeah exactly no but i i think it's cool i mean and then they show how you churn butter and how you actually smell everything. things make candles oh printing it was everything there did they, they have had, little pigs and things like that running around they had they had animals they had an old-fashioned fairground they had the old-fashioned wow. schools yeah everything but like i say this is for the next article that okay i won't get ahead took, of myself i took loads of pictures and i've even got some videos of it as well so awesome. i mean it's really immersive but it is all about being somewhere you know, you mm. can read about it, you can watch it on the videos, you can see it on the television, but it's not like being there. It's mm. really amazing. So if you've oh. if you've got connections with Wales, the best way to learn about it is to go to Wales. Mm. <laughs> awesome. I, I'm going to be interested to hear about family history getting into Wales with a different language and and trying to trace roots that way too, because it, the chances are you could have family in Wales and England, right? Well, very much so very much so um what happened quite a lot was that whales were were mainly sort of in the coal mines there, there was a lot of coal mines in wales and a lot of laborers and obviously around the coast you've got a lot of fishermen but a lot of people left wales and came to england especially to sort of places like london and birmingham to to get work you know mm. when when work ran out in the countryside they came to England and to get jobs. Yeah. Um, but the the problem with Welsh family history is there are some names in Wales that are so common that it's, you know, hot, nigh on impossible. Like the name Jones, just about every village in Wales has got a Jones family. Like and, Tom. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. He's Welsh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Shirley Bassey, she's Welsh as well. But um, you know, Jones Jones is one of the names that if you've got a Welsh connection, you've got you're very lucky if you can trace your family back any distance because it's so common. Wow, but amazing. You've got to try. I love DNA, it. DNA is good for that. Yeah, that helps. That helps. But yeah, I mean, we've got Smith over here, so you know, well, look at my last well. name. But it's even it's even worse. They always make Jones. the joke, Smith and Jones. You yeah, know, exactly. That's it's the whole better point. than Smith and Wesson. Love, I don't want to shoot anyone. <laughs> I used to love I used to love that program on in the uh, in the seventies. Alas, it, Smith and Jones. I think well, it was made in America, wasn't it? We need Steve Schneikert here for this, man. I have yeah, no yeah. clue. What was it? Uh, ben Murphy and Paul Duell were played Smith and Jones. Yeah, it was a fantastic program. I'll ask Steve. I have no clue. He's going to give uh, me a big sadly, rundown. Sadly, Pete Duell died really, really young. But uh, oh. Hmm. oh, well, there you go. Well, I thought everything was Britbox. Listen, they can't go wrong with that over here. Look it up. Alas, Smith and Jones. I will. I will. Now, I want to know, do you have BritBox in England? Probably. I don't know. It's no good asking me about modern things like that. Well, it's like Netflix, but it's all British. I don't know. I haven't got Netflix, so I don't know. I don't either. I don't, I don't <laughs> watch a lot of television. Mm -mm. I can't. Anything I watch is more like documentaries. Yeah. Yeah, and some good British comedy. Bring me yeah, Hyacinth like bouquet any Hyacinth. day. Yeah, you've got to watch Hyacinth. <laughs> Everybody has to watch Keeping Up Appearances. Well, Glenn, always fun to have you on the show. And uh, Glenn was also on our recent um, artificial intelligence panel. And that, and even just saying artificial intelligence makes me giggle. And then I was like, we're doing a panel on artificial intelligence. Doesn't mean our guests have artificial intelligence. They're all intelligent. Uh, but anyway, so check that out on bigblendradio.com. Uh, Glenn is here every fourth Saturday. Again, the link to his article uh, is in the show notes as well as his website. But his website is norfolk-tours.co.uk. And I encourage you to go visit him. You go to England or anywhere in that vicinity, you've got to call Glenn and uh, he'll help you out. He also helps people with their family history and tracing the roots back to England. And of course, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Until next time. So we're going to do living history next time. Sounds like we fun, Glenn. We are definitely going to do living history. And it's I love really it. fascinating. Awesome. Thank you so much, Glenn. Speak to you later.